God, we come to you this morning grateful for all the things that you have done in our lives, grateful for the ways that you have worked even when we haven't noticed. And we pray that these words that are about to come out are, are moved by your Spirit or that they become your living word. God, I pray that you prepare each and every person in this room to hear what you are saying. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our scripture today comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 1, verses 19 through 36. Hear the word of the Lord. Then, just as the Lord our God had ordered us, we set out from Horeb and went through all that great and terrible wilderness that you saw on the way to the hill country of the Amorites until we reached Kadesh Barnea. I said to you, you have reached the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. See, the Lord your God has given the land to you. Go up, take possession. As the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you, do not fear or be dismayed. All of you came to me and said, let us send men ahead of us to explore the land and bring back a report to us regarding the route by which we should go up and the cities we will come to. The plan seemed good to me, and I selected 12 of you, one from each tribe. They set out and went up into the hill country, and when they reached the valley of Eskel, they spied it out and gathered some of the land's produce, which they brought down to us. They brought back a report to us and said, it is a good land that the Lord our God is giving us. But you were unwilling to go up. You rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. You grumbled in your tents and said, it is because the Lord hates us that he's brought us out of the land of Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites to destroy us. Where are we headed? Our kindred have made our hearts melt by reporting that the people are stronger and taller than we. The cities are large and fortified up to heaven. We actually saw there the offspring of Anakim. And I said to you, have no dread or fear of them. The Lord your God who goes before you is the one who will fight for you, just as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes and in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you, just as one carries a child, all the way that you traveled until you reached this place. But in spite of this, you have no trust in the Lord your God who goes before you on the way to seek out a place for you to camp, in fire by night and in the cloud by day, to show you the route you should take. When the Lord heard your words, he was wrathful and swore, none of these, not one of this evil generation shall see the good land that I swore to give to your ancestors, none except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it, and to him and his descendants I will give the land on which he set foot because of his complete fidelity to the Lord. The word of the Lord. Not all who wander are lost. Now, this is one of those really cool, cute little phrases that we see popping up more and more. We put it on T-shirts now, water bottles, stickers. I even have a sticker on my water bottle. It's of pine trees and mountains, and it says, let's get lost, because it's kind of a cool thing. It's kind of like capturing this sentiment that sometimes wandering is really exciting, 
You're, you're trying something new. You're checking it out. And there are beautiful things to behold when you are wandering. But I have a re- response to this sentiment, and I often do get lost, and not on purpose. Sometimes I am just lost. And it's something pretty common. Like if my GPS goes out, I've driven through Pittsburgh for five plus years, and I still get a little stressed. It's like I know there's only one way through 65, but you never really know. I get stressed when I go hiking. Many of you know that I like to hike at this point, and I'll tell you, I never hike alone. I find buddies that may have already known the trail because I get lost. And you might be like, yeah, everyone gets lost. You're like, okay, but in the hiking community, there's really not many excuses for getting lost in 2021. There's usually a, a nice little parking lot at the trailhead. There's usually a map that you can get. We even have apps on our phones at this point that track our location, elevation, mileage to go. And Mike Kramer still gets lost quite a bit on those trails. There are literal trail markers on the trail, and I just leave the trail. I'm like, maybe I'm supposed to go into this mud pit over here. And you might think this is just a dramatic story. It is the truth. Often, people have to say, Mike, that's not the trail. I go, oh, yeah, you're right. And I come back. So always make sure if you're hiking with me, I've already been there once, okay? Now, the reality is that we get lost, Not all who wander are lost, but some of us, we are lost. Now, the cool thing about doing the Bible in a year, which we're doing like the really, really, really accelerated version, but the cool thing of doing the story together is that you get to see these repeated themes that come up, hopefully throughout Scripture, repeated words or locations or themes that are just going to keep popping out at you over and over and over, and the secret is that it's because they're important. And hopefully, today, we can see one of those repeated themes at the outset. This story that we just read from Deuteronomy 1 is the story of Israel right before the promised land. This is the story of 40 years of wandering. This is the story that explains 40 years of wandering. And it's really, really important because this story characterizes the way that we see the rest of Israel's story all throughout Scripture. And this story characterizes our story today because that's how stories work. That's how this thing called the story of God works. We find ourselves in it. So to backtrack a little bit, before this moment, before the foot of the promised land, we know that Israel was out, right? Israel started, there was Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and then Jacob had all these sons, and there was Joseph, and Joseph went to Egypt and saved Egypt and saved Israel from famine. And then, sometime later, there was a new Pharaoh, and Pharaoh didn't like the Israelites. There were too many. He was worried they were going to overthrow Egypt. And so what did Pharaoh do? The only logical thing left to do, enslavement and genocide. Tyranny. This is what Egypt was to Israel. And so for generations, this is what Israel was dealing with. But then God rose Moses up out of the Israelite people to lead them out of Egypt. And these miraculous things happened. And it was bizarre. And they go through the Red Sea. And they go up on Mount Sinai. And they're free of Egypt. And they're in this weird new place that's not as, uh, I don't know, put together as like this superpower civilization Egypt was. But they're free. And God gives the Ten Commandments, 
and gives these Levitical laws of what it means to be the people of God and what it means to be community. And Israel's like, that's great. We're hungry. He's like, all right, here, I'm going to throw some food down. Oh, we're thirsty. Okay, here's some clean water. And now they go through the wilderness and they get to the foot of the promised land and went through all of that stuff and said, we're good. All of that stuff. And they get to the promised land and they went, this is not what we signed up for. This is not what we want. We'd rather go back to the wilderness. Listen to this line from Deuteronomy again. Listen to these words. They brought back a report to us and said, it is a good land that the Lord our God is giving us. But you were unwilling to go up to it. You said, it's because the Lord hates us that he brought us out of the land of Egypt to hand us over to the Amorites and destroy us. Let that sink in. Hundreds of years through Egypt, enslavement, genocide, tyranny, Israel is brought out of that. They get through the wilderness. They get to this new thing. And there's this fear in the people because they see this new enemy at hand, this new task, this new hurdle, this new scenario they weren't expecting They go, God hates us. God, why would God bring us out of Egypt? It's this big cosmic trick. God only saved us so he could destroy us later. Now, we're reading this in 2021 going, so dramatic. But that's how they felt. And you know, it's the reality that we all feel, right? When we are fearful, when we are anxious, we start to believe some of the most unbelievable things about ourselves and about the people we love, even about strangers, because fear changes the way that we understand the world around us. Israel Israel believed that God's plan was to save them to later destroy them because of their fear of this new enemy of this new horizon, of this new place. That's what fear does. Now, again, it's fascinating to me. I I love how Scripture is so pointed sometimes. This next line, I love it. It goes on, oh, he's going to hand us over to the Amorites, and the, the next line is, where are we headed? What a potent question that is. I wonder how each of you in this sanctuary this morning might answer that question. Where are we headed? Where are you as individuals headed? Where are you as family units headed? Pods, if you like that word. Where are we as Swickley Presbyterian Church headed? Where is the church universal, global, capital C? Where are we headed? There are enough problems We don't even need to to create a list. We know they exist. They arise and they cause stress and anxiety and fear in our lives. And we ask the question, where are we headed? Does God hate us? Is, Is that why we're going through what we're going through? Is that why you've gone through what you go through for years and years? Is it because God hates you? Is that the answer we've landed on like Israel did in this moment? I don't think so. But the question, where are we headed, is really important because, again, not all who wander are lost. It's a really cute phrase. Wandering is exploring. Wandering is taking it all in. But some of us are lost. Some of us get off the trail because we are not really good with that kind of thing. Now, 
there's two kind of things, a little play on words here. There's wandering and there's wondering, right? So wonder is this beautiful thing if, if you have the eyes to see it. When you wonder, oh, I wonder what we're going to have for lunch today. I wonder how long Mike's going to talk after this moment. It's already been seven minutes. I wonder what the rest of the day is going to look like. I wonder what six months from now will look like. That's like, hmm, I am theorizing what this might be. That's a form of wonder. But then there's wonder like, wow, I'm moved I'm in awe, I'm in wonder of, of this mysterious thing happening to us. There's a wonder that is driven by fear. I don't know what's going to happen next. I wonder, I wonder, I'm, I'm worried. And then there's a wonder that is an act of faith. It's an act of naming that you don't know what comes next, and that's okay. You're choosing to stay in that space. It's a place of of great vulnerability and great humility to be able to wonder. But not all who wander are lost. We've got it on t-shirts. We've got it on stickers. Not all who wander are lost. But the reason that is really important is because sometimes we wander precisely because we're not lost. We know exactly where we are, and we choose to wander. Now, again, I love to hike. Now, you can follow the Mike Kramer hiking outline. It's really depressing because it starts off really exciting. You plan the trip. You plan the trail. You know where you want to go. You're going to see something great. You hope the weather is good. Get a bucket hat for some protection. You're going. And then about two-thirds of the way through that hike, I no longer like hiking. Two-thirds of the way through a hike, you question, why did I ever start doing this hike? Today, I didn't eat the right breakfast. Today, the sun is in the wrong position in the sky. Today, and you come up with your list of reasons why this is not a fun activity. Hundreds of dollars later, I realize, I'm just walking in the woods. <laughs> is that what you want? Hiking can be exhausting, and usually, it's the last foot of the last incline where you're sitting at the bottom and you're looking at your fancy app or your map or your atlas, and you're going, I've got to go up there. You go, I don't want to go up there. And this is the Mike Kramer plan. You sit and go, now's a really good time for a rest. And then you start to ask really ridiculous questions like, maybe I should just go back to the car. Well, actually, I've got to go over that to get back to my car. It's a loop. It'd be way more effort to go back. Okay, well, maybe there's another way. Like, nope, dude, it's a big hill. It's Pennsylvania. They're not really mountains, right? It's a big hill. You just got to go. And here's my second secret. The first secret was that stories matter and there's repeated themes and we need to pay attention because they're important. Second secret, this is really important. You can take this home. Up is up. It's deep. Up is up. You have to go up. That's the only way forward is to go up. There might be multiple routes to go up, like Israel looking for multiple routes to get to this city, but at the end of the day, up is up. You need to get to the top of the thing in front of you. That is the challenge at hand. The question is, are you going to go to that place? You have to decide in yourself, in your mind, in your heart, am I ready to go forward to this place I know I'm supposed to go or am I going to wander? Because you're not always lost when you wander. Sometimes you wander around because you aren't lost. You wander because you don't want to go where God is calling you to go. You don't want to do what God's calling you to do. And it's not just individuals, it's, it's families. It's not just families, it's communities. It's not just communities, it's churches, it's us. 
Sometimes God is calling us to a new place, to a new thing, and we don't want the new thing. We want to go back. We aren't lost. We might be in wonder about what comes next. We might be a little scared that we don't know what comes next, but we're not lost. We're with God unless we choose to wander. Now, this is a common theme all throughout Scripture, all throughout church history. It's in all of our music that we wander. We wander away from the places that God is calling us. And the problem is we get so bogged down by the things that we want that we never really ask the question, is this what God wants for us here and now? Sometimes it's not that there are bad things and good things. It's sometimes there are good things and better good things. And God is calling us to the best of those good things. And it means letting go of some of these other good things because God is calling us to a new place and that requires us to go through new challenges. And that's scary and it's okay. The theme of wandering and wilderness is all throughout Scripture because time and time again, Israel is met with this issue where they want to be in the presence of God. They want to be the people of God. They want all the reward of living as the people of God. But when God says, all right, well, you need to, I don't know, like not envy and not gossip and not do child sacrifice, we're like, whoa, we didn't sign up for that. And we go through this list of these laws, and we go, God, man, God's just got a rule for everything. It's like, no, these are laws that are called to challenge the way that we envision what it means to be the people of God. They're laws that change what it means to be community. And so we wander. We wander around. Now, remember, these aren't atheists. These aren't people we need to, like, go spread the good news to in this story. These are the Israelites. These are the people of God, of Yahweh, of the, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. This is the God of their ancestors, Moses says in this passage. These are followers of this God who don't want any part of what God is saying they're called for. It's not people that need to be convinced God is real. They said, you're real, we hear you, no thanks. That's a really terrifying way to live. At least in 2021, most of us can say, I didn't hear some audible voice say X, Y, and Z, therefore I'll live in the in-between. No, these are people that were walking with God and said, we don't want to do what you're calling us to do. We'd rather go back. And this is the fascinating part is, you know, it's the old mantra, we prefer the devil we know to the devil we don't. Israel (laughs) starts talking about Egypt in a really, like, rose, rosy way. Israel starts talking about Egypt in a way that made it sound like things were pretty good back in Egypt. Why would God call us out of Egypt to destroy us here? If only we could go back. At least in Egypt, we had food. At least in Egypt, we had a place to stay. And at least in Egypt, if only, if only. But Egypt was tyranny. Egypt was enslavement. Egypt was genocide. Egypt was dehumanization. Egypt was death. But at the foot of a new challenge, Israel started to think Egypt was the place we needed to get back to, as if Egypt was going to answer all of their problems. We have short memories. 
Now, the difficult thing about this is that, like, we all do this. We idolize the path, past as if, like, the, the bad things that happened, like, they, they didn't, so we can go back and make it better, and it'll be different this time. It's like, no, like, the problem is God is calling us to new things. God is calling you to new places, to new people. The Spirit leads us forward, not backwards. And yet, so often, we in our own lives think, man, if we could just get back, if we could just get back to three services, then SPC would be really bumping. If we could get back to before COVID, if we could get rid of our masks, if we could get back to life before COVID, it was so good. No, it was normal. Now, normal and good are not synonymous. Normal means expected, but expected is not always good. What was normal before is not where we're called to go. We are in a new place right now, and we're going to a new place, and that is terrifying, and that is okay. And it's okay to wonder what that place will be like. It's okay to worry that it might not be the way that you hoped it would be. But part of being a community, specifically one that lives and follows God, is saying despite that wonder, despite that worry, we will move forward anyways, but not backwards. It's not a question of whether or not God is calling us or leading us. It's a question of if we are ready to go to the next thing he's doing. The repeated theme throughout the wilderness chronicles all throughout Scripture is that God is doing a new thing. Spoiler alert, it doesn't work out for Israel later. They get conquered, and they don't know how to worship God in a foreign land. And the prophet says, no, God is doing a new thing Forget those things of the past. I'm doing a new thing. Israel was so bogged down by the situation at hand that they didn't have eyes to hear these words from Moses, that the Lord has gone before you just as he did in Egypt, just as he did in this wilderness already, that great and terrible wilderness. We already made it through. We're right here. Now, the danger in any kind of, of situation with sermons or talking about these things is, is living in the, wor- the world of theory, right? And I, I love to do that. I love to think about things, but don't let this be ambiguous. We love to wander because wandering gives us the sense that we're actually doing something. Wandering around something is, it makes us seem like we're moving, but we're actually not going anywhere, We're going around the thing. Presbyterians, we're awesome at this. We're going to make a a subcommittee for a subcommittee for a task force for another committee so that we can talk about maybe one day doing a thing about starting another thing. And by the time that thing gets done, your child went from baptism at birth to college. That's how long it takes us to get stuff done. We wander. We say we are listening, and I'm not trying to take away from that process. It's important, decently, and in order. And yet, at the same time, we can use wandering as a crutch. Not all who wander are lost. Sometimes we don't want to go to the new place. We don't want to do the new thing. 
And that's not what it means to be the people of God. Sometimes in our, in our personal lives, we wander. We know we need to make a relationship right, but we don't want to, so we wander around it. Well, maybe one day they'll magically talk to me. No, they probably won't. But God is calling you to do something on your end, maybe. Maybe you're wandering around the new opportunity to give, maybe to hungry people that don't know where the next meal comes from. Maybe you're wandering around the opportunity to serve in a new capacity at your children's school or in your community or at your church. We wander around things all the time. We think about it, and we think thinking about things is the same as actually doing something, and it's not. God hasn't called us to wander. God has called us into the new thing He's doing. And the problem is if we use wandering as a crutch, if we use wandering as our excuse for not trusting God as He leads us forward, wonder is an act of faith. Wonder is the opportunity for us to be humble and say, we don't know what's next, but we trust where you're going. Wandering is an act that keeps us from stepping into what God's called us to. I wonder what we as a church community might be able to do if we listen carefully to where God's calling us now. Not backwards, but forwards. Amen.